This podcast contains adult themes and is not intended for children. Listener discretion is advised. If you enjoy this content, please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Tales Driftwood. of driftwood where story is everything as always i am your host eric and today i'll be bringing you chapter 11 of hyde before we get started let's talk about what happened last week julian and wade knowing full well that they would need help getting back into hyde headed to liam's house to see if they could convince the irish cowboy to join back up with them liam let the two of them know that he still wanted to go due to his journey of redemption or as he called it the path of splendor He let the two young men know that he would go with them, and even fight inside of Hyde with them, but they would have to convince Dorian to go as well. Together, all three went to Dorian's warehouse home, where Julian challenged Dorian to a fight, with Julian's prize being Dorian's assistance. Julian won the fight, and now with Liam and Dorian in tow, they set out to gather the remainder of the team. So with all that being said, I give you Hyde Chapter 11, The Hacker and the smuggler. The four boys were gathered outside Dorian's warehouse. Wade and Julian were leaning against Wade's car as Liam and Dorian collected themselves over by a stack of crates next to the warehouse. Dorian was sitting on one of the crates, holding the back of his head and staring daggers at Julian, while Liam paced in front of him, aimlessly babbling, trying to distract Dorian from his rage. Julian smiled roguishly and glanced at Wade, who was still staring at him with a look that was a combination of shock and mischief. Wade shook his head and opened the driver's side of his car, climbing in and sitting behind the wheel. You knew you were going to beat him. I don't know how you knew, but you knew. Julian gave a short laugh and turned to face him through the old, dirty windshield. Why would I fight him if I didn't think I could beat him? Wade shook his head again. I didn't say you thought you could beat him. I said you knew you were going to beat him. I don't know. I thought you were just so desperate to get those crazy bastards on board you would try anything. Julian smiled thoughtfully. I wouldn't call it desperation. I'd call it inspiration. A fire's been lit inside of me, 
and I know that if I put off going back to hide any longer, it'll never happen. I also know that those two over there are part of the equation of making it back there. I don't know why, it's just something I feel in my gut. Separately, they have two very different skill sets. Together, they're an unstoppable force. He stared down the road for a moment, lost in thought. We're gonna need as many unstoppable forces as possible if we're gonna try to bring down an immovable object. His thoughts trailed off as Liam and Dorian approached the car. Liam had a pleased grin on his face while Dorian's angry glare had been replaced with a more submissive look, which told Julian he had finally accepted the fact that someone had beaten him. He stood as the duo approached him and extended his hand to Dorian. Dorian considered him carefully for a moment, and then grasped his hand. Julian smiled warmly. You said that in another life we could have been friends. I think you were wrong. I think we can be friends in this life. Dorian smiled guardedly and then squeezed Julian's hand. Friends don't have to pay each other for favors, pal. You're still gonna have to pay me and Liam a small fortune for this gig. Don't get confused here. This is still a business decision, not a friendship. Julian smiled, wavered slightly, and then left his face completely. He withdrew his hand and nodded coldly. Of course. I'll pay you what you were promised once you get into the town with us and kill the men I want to see dead. You gave your word in there, he added, gesturing to the warehouse. Dorian nodded back. I gave my word, so until those men stop breathing, I'm at your disposal. After that, he broke off and shrugged. After that, I'll probably take my money and head to the coast. Word is, everything is rebuilding pretty nicely over there. They've even elected a new president and everything. Won't be long before law and order returns to this area again. And when it does, I want to be long gone and settled somewhere else. He glared momentarily at Liam, who was looking at him with a bemused expression on his face, and then returned his attention back to Julian. It doesn't matter if I'm going alone or if others want to come with me. All I know is change is coming fast, and I don't want to be buried underneath it when it arrives. Liam nodded grudgingly. It sure is. An awkward silence followed, with none of the three looking directly at each other, as tension built in the air. The silence was broken as Wade leaned on the horn, startling all three boys who nearly jumped with surprise. He leaned his head out of the window and started the car. Will you three stop being such bitches and get in the car? Julian chuckled as the three complied, Liam and Dorian awkwardly shuffling to the back and Julian climbing into the front. You're gonna wish you didn't say anything after I tell you where we're headed first. Wade moaned dramatically. Ugh, don't even tell me, Julian. I swear to God, if I have to go back to that goddamn trailer one more time, I won't leave till it's burning to the ground. Julian laughed and then grew serious. <laughs> Look, I don't like him. Or trust him either. The fact remains, however, that we're going up against an army. A much more technically sophisticated army. If there's anything he could tell us or do for us that's going to help us stay undetected while we're inside, we need to try to get him on our team. He's a greedy prick, Wade, but I can buy anything from him, including his loyalty. Wade sighed and started down the road. Hopefully this is the last time I see that marshmallow of a man. Julian chuckled and rolled down his window, staring at the trees whizzing past him as Wade sped down the road. Tension was still in the air as there seemed to be some kind of miscommunication between Liam and Dorian, and they were not speaking to each other at all. Julian supposed it was because Liam acted nearly overjoyed once he had beaten Dorian. He had become very adept at reading people over the years, 
and he had noticed something very unique about Dorian. He seemed to be split into two completely separate people. This was not a case of multiple personality, however. It was as though someone had cut two completely different people in half, and then surgically combined two of the halves. There was the clearly arrogant side, which was on display most of the time. He acted as though he was better than most, both from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint. He was a borderline narcissist, actually, as Julian had caught him admiring himself in the mirror and at the bar on several occasions, and his tendency to brag about himself. Then there was the half that was on display now. It seemed as though as strong as his egotism was, his other half's self-esteem was at a dangerously low level. He needed constant validation from Liam, who was the perfect partner for him, because he never seemed to notice these low dips in Dorian's personality. In this case, however, Liam had not come through. He was happy that he now had a chance to fulfill his destiny and perhaps finally clear his conscience. Even though none of this had anything to do with Dorian, he took it as almost an assault against him, an attack specifically designed to tell him that Liam no longer had any confidence in him and that he was now throwing his lot in with Julian. Dorian had responded as if Liam had shot him in the gut and left him to die out in the woods. Even now, his posture was twisted at an almost comical level in the back seat, his back almost completely turned to Liam, and his head leaning pouting against the window. Liam, clearly not knowing how to deal with it, had simply shrugged it off and now sat happily in the back seat, waiting for the next step in his path of splendor to unfold. Julian looked back out of the window as Wade pulled the car up once again in front of Max's trailer. He parked the car, shut it off, and looked at Julian pleadingly. Do I have to go inside? If we ever do get to hide, I may have to kill someone while I'm there. If we go inside that trailer, I may make Max my first, even before we get there. Julian shook his head forcefully. No, you won't, and yes, you do. Like it or not, we're all going to have to be together for this, so just shake it out and get your ass in there." Wade grimaced as the other three got out of the car and started to head towards the trailer. He sat there stubbornly for a moment, angrily gripping the steering wheel, until Julian whirled around and hissed, "'Wade!' at him. Turning his eyes to the ceiling of his beloved car, he gritted his teeth and exited the car, doing a half-walk, half-shamble up to join the trio as Julian knocked on the door of the trailer. As the door opened, a surprise that they were not expecting greeted them. Julian looked in bewilderment at the person who opened the door of Max Laney's disaster of a trailer home. Clyde? he exclaimed. The shock which showed clearly on his face now echoing in his voice. What are you doing here? Clyde Washington smiled cleverly as he looked over the four young men's befuddled faces. Gentlemen, why don't you come in and I'll explain everything to you. He turned smartly on his heels and disappeared into the trailer without another word. Julian slowly turned and looked at the rest of the group, feeling a small relief as he looked around and saw that everyone else was just as confused as he was. Finally, Dorian growled. Well, now I'm curious. So let's find out what the hell is going on here, and pushed to the front of the group, past Julian, and into the trailer. Liam, shrugging, followed him with Wade in tow. Julian still couldn't believe that Clyde was here at Max's, as he had been their last stop on his plan to round everyone up. 
but he decided that he wouldn't get any answers to his questions standing like a statue on the steps of the trailer, so he followed the rest of the group into the trailer. Max was sitting in his customary place in front of his many computer screens, but contrary to his usual sour appearance, he actually looked happy. Julian moved to the front of the trio in front of him to face Clyde and Max, who now looked to be best friends with their matching blissful smiles. Alright, what's going on here? Last time I saw Max, he told me to never come back here again. Now he looks like he couldn't wait for us to come back. Max chuckled quietly. <laughs> I had an epiphany of sorts last night, young Julian. I came face to face with myself and I didn't like what I saw. You could say I've changed my ways. Julian stared at him. Don't call me young Julian, Max. You're two years younger than me. Max laughed and waved the comment away. You know what I mean. Anyway, I could ask you boys the same question. He playfully arched his eyebrows to and fro. Last night, this one right here looked as though he would kill all of us before joining your little band of merry men, he quipped, jabbing a pudgy finger in Dorian's direction. Dorian's eyes blazed as he instinctively rubbed the back of his head. Let's just say I had a change of heart too, alright buddy? Max's cheery demeanor wavered momentarily, then returned just as quickly. It never ceases to amaze me how creative people can get when it comes to putting down their fellow man. Anyway, I can tell by the look on your face, Mr. Julian, that you need more of an explanation than me simply telling you I had an epiphany. Am I correct? Julian nodded silently, his eyes never leaving Max's face. Max sighed tiredly and leaned backward in his seat the springs of the chair squawking in protest as he did. Well, it really is quite difficult to explain. You see, my whole life, people have never liked me. My parents were the only ones who ever loved me, and they were taken from me far too early. The reason why I love this town so much is because even though everyone in town didn't much care for me, no one ever tried to take advantage of me. No one ever tried to take my home from me, even though I was just a young boy. At this, Wade broke in. No one tried to take your piece of shit house because it's a broken down garbage can, and you're the biggest piece of garbage in it. Max nodded in agreement. I suppose it is quite the sight. In any case, they didn't banish me from the town or anything like that. They accepted me, even though they didn't like me. He now looked from one person to the other, making sure that he had all of their attention. When Julian mentioned to me last night about possibly becoming the mayor of Belleville, my heart leapt at the thought. I kept obsessing about it all night, even when you were still discussing Hyde. He looked down at the floor sadly. After you all left, I took to drinking some rum, planning out all the moves I would make as mayor of this town. I would be the town's savior. People would finally like me. I would finally have the acceptance I always craved. He sighed wearily and looked up. <sighs> I don't know if it was the depressant factor of the rum or just latent memories catching up to me, but I realized something as I sat, alone, in this filthy place I've surrounded myself in. Every great leader I've ever heard about or read stories about, every great man who people respected and loved, they all had one thing in common, courage. He looked at Julian shamefully. I've never done a courageous thing in my entire life, Julian. I realized that after the way I spoke to you. The thing that you're talking about doing is the most courageous thing I've ever heard of, and I was actually mocking you last night. 
If I am to use the money you've given me and become the kind of leader that I've always wanted to be, I must become as courageous as you are. He stood from his seat with great effort and put his hands on Julian's shoulders. What kind of a leader would I be if I abandoned you and denied you help on your mission? I wouldn't be any kind of a leader at all. He stared into Julian's eyes for a long moment, so long that Julian actually began to feel uncomfortable until Liam coughed nervously. Max, seemingly exhausted from the effort of standing up, sank back down into his seat with a grunt. I want to help you, Julian. I need to help you. I truly believe that I will save this town. If I'm to do that, I need to know that I can look at the worst things on this earth in the eye and not blink. What do you say, Julian? Will you let me help you? Julian could not believe what he had just heard. Maybe this truly was destiny. There had been a few bumps in the road so far, but it seemed like the planets had aligned for him to go back to Hyde. First Clyde appeared, then he had managed to convince Horace that he should go back. Then he had been able to convince both Liam and Dorian to not only help him, but to actually go inside of Hyde with him. Now, perhaps the most difficult task thus far had basically been solved for him without him having to lift a finger. He was broken out of his thoughts by Wade. Bullshit. Max blinked as if Wade had just slapped him across the face. Excuse me? Wade stepped forward and lowered his face in front of Max's so that they were both staring each other in the eyes. I think your story is fucking bullshit, you oily pig. There's no way some greedy piece of shit like you completely changes their entire personality overnight. Max blinked again, clearly hurt and intimidated by Wade's accusation. I'm sorry you don't believe me, Wade, but why would I be lying to you? What could I possibly have to gain by making all of this up? Wade backed up, a puzzled look spreading across his face. I... I don't know. What I do know is that someone like you doesn't become noble because they got drunk and started thinking about their dead parents and how no one likes them. At this, Julian grabbed Wade by the collar of his shirt and yanked him backwards. Wade looked at him with a shaken expression. The hell, Jules? Are you telling me you actually trust this lump of shit? Julian had heard enough from him. Get the hell out of here, Wade, he roared fiercely at his best friend. I already told you we need all the help we can get. I don't care if he had a change of heart or if he's seen God himself. All I know is he wants to help us, and I'm happy to accept his help. Now if you got something other than insults to spew out of that rotten mouth of yours, now would be the time to say it." Wade's mouth trembled slightly, as if he were either about to cry or retort. Instead he whirled around wordlessly, slamming the door behind him as he ex exited the trailer. Julian turned back to Max, half expecting to see a look of triumph on his face. Instead, Max simply looked sad. He managed to give Julian a weak smile. I'm sorry you had to do that, Julian. I truly am. I know how close you two are. I'm thankful to you that you gave me the benefit of the doubt. Julian shook his head. Your little epiphany still doesn't explain everything, Max. Why is Clyde here? Clyde rose his hand, volunteering an answer. I'll tell you, Julian. I went back to the rut earlier to wait for you to contact me again. Max was there waiting for me when I arrived. He told me everything that he just told you and explained that he wanted to help us in whatever way he could. I was as skeptical as Wade is at first, but then the more I thought about it, 
the more I realized that he really has nothing to gain by lying to us. He invited me to come back here and we've been drawing up plans ever since. Julian raised his eyebrow questioningly. Plans? You mean you have multiple plans to get in? Clyde slapped Max on the back of this. Actually, this guy came up with the plans. I gotta tell you, Julian, his ideas are pretty brilliant. I don't see any loopholes in any of them. Julian thoughtfully rubbed his chin. Alright, here's the deal. There's been a lot of emotion in the air today. He looked from Max and Clyde to Liam and Dorian, who were still not looking at each other. Dorian with a sulky look still on his face. He glanced outside and saw Wade angrily throwing rocks at a road sign. He sighed and rubbed the bridge of his nose with both of his hands. <sighs> I think it's best if we all take a night to calm down. We'll meet up tomorrow and hash out the details of the plan. Clyde looked at him questioningly. Where will we meet? I mean, we can't very well make plans for an invasion anywhere. Julian's mind went to Horace again, agreeing to support him. We'll meet at my place. I'll write up directions for all of you. He took a stained piece of paper off of Max's desk and scribbled several directions on it with a half-chewed pencil he found on the floor. Meet here tomorrow at four in the afternoon. We'll come up with our plan then. He slowly considered everyone in the trailer. Until then, take the time to cool off. We're going to need everyone level-headed for this. Liam gestured outside with his thumb. What about your mate there? Julian sighed as he looked at Wade, still raging outside. I'll handle him. Thank you so much for joining me for Chapter 11 of Hyde. With the full team finally assembled, the final plan to return to Hyde will be planned out next week. So until we meet again, make your story a good story, and maybe, someday, I'll be telling your story. Be safe out there, everyone. Goodbye.